Hello, I'm Michael Hainsworth. And I'm Parisa Mahbubi, a Senior Policy Analyst at the City Howen Institute. As we try to put the pandemic behind us, a new reality is emerging. To paraphrase the rock band The Who, the kids are not all right. The coronavirus fueled youth unemployment rates to record highs. In her new co-authored report, Lives Put on Hold, the Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic on Canada's Youth, Parisa warns that Canada's youth face career scarring and learning losses. And if we don't do something about it, the impact on employment, productivity, and their future wages could be lifelong. Parisa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Now, you co-authored uh, with uh, Amira Higazi that youth were disproportionately affected by work and education disruptions. Now, any parent can appreciate that, but spell it out for us. How so? Uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, the reason that uh, kids were more affected more severely during the pandemic in the labor market was their overrepresentation in industries that uh, were hardest hit. For example, um, uh, food services, accommodation, and food services. So, uh, proportionally, younger individuals uh, um, more likely uh, have jobs in these uh, occupations, and because they required to have face-to-face -face, uh, interaction with the customers, and because the COVID was a health-related crisis, they weren't able to maintain their employment and become unemployed. Uh, unemployed during the pandemic and also during each waves uh, that we, we faced. So compare and contrast for us, at the height, what was youth unemployment like compared to the general population? So uh, always you, uh, youth uh, individuals in the labor market experience higher unemployment rate. For example, at least four or, four, uh, four or five percentage points, there are gaps in normal times when, uh, when the economy is strong. But during the pandemic, the gap, it becomes significantly large uh, because the impact was larger on youth. It, it doesn't mean that the older, in the, in older workers and the prime age workers workers didn't experience high unemployment. Actually, their unemployment become, uh, became double digit. But because the impact was larger on young individuals, the gap between uh, uh, the gap in unemployment rates between youth and um, other workers uh, experience uh, increased significantly. Let's talk about the educational side of this conversation for a moment. Can we quantify the impact COVID-19 had on education? Unfortunately, currently, because there is uh, no data that we can uh, use, for example, to um, assess the educational impact in terms of learning losses on Canadian uh, students, uh, and mainly because, for example, the stop in the provincial assessment, a standardized uh, assessment test during the pandemic, we are not able really to uh, measure that until the next round of the assessments become available. But there are some uh, um, regional data and there are some indication based on past uh, literature on uh, school disruptions and also international evidence from other countries they all point to the significant impact on educational outcomes in terms of learning uh, 
uh, on students and uh, we are expecting to see large uh, learning losses, especially among those disadvantaged students who weren't able to benefit from, for example, tutoring sessions uh, uh, during the pandemic, although that one also was affected uh, during the pandemic, but at least some uh, you know, parents were able to um, provide uh, online tutoring session for their students and some other disadvantaged students they had even uh, because of the digital gaps uh, in terms of, for example, having access to devices that make them able to um, do e-education, they had difficulties uh, to uh, continue learning for at least some period of time in the beginning. Right. Low-income and disadvantaged youth simply fell into this digital divide during the pandemic, ultimately making them the hardest hit. Absolutely. And these students, uh, even prior to pandemic, normally there are some uh, gaps between these uh, students and um, other students. So there there has been some uh, inequalities uh, in education that could uh, be uh, magnetized by the pandemic. Did we not have programs in place to help disadvantaged and low-income families bridge that digital divide? Um, during the pandemic, uh, for example, the province of Ontario and, and different schools try to reach out those uh, individuals to provide them with devices, but there were some lags. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we are seeing still some students, even right now, if there will be another uh, a wave or a, a school disruption, they don't easily have access to these devices to be able to access to. So we need to think about that. We need to think about the closing digital divide because uh, it was uh, based on the past. It's, it's also possible that we see uh, school disruptions in the future and also some trends toward online learning. So in the future, it's, it's been, it may become more popular in terms of providing education uh, through online tools. Do the various school boards across the province of Ontario and all the other provinces not have programs and policies in place to help these kids catch up, whether it be ones who fell into the digital divide or the kid who just, you know, in grade two simply couldn't sit in front of a screen all day? That's actually true because uh, one of the, uh, for example, in terms of disruptions, not only access to online learning was the issue, even for those having access to online learning, um, difficulty in terms of engagement and interaction with classmates is one of the issues that could cause uh, learning losses. But in terms of provinces, um, we know, for, for example, for the fact the province of Ontario try to address that digital divide gap in Ontario. But uh, again, it's not only digital gap in terms of devices and resources, it's also in terms of teachers' uh, readiness to be able to provide education through uh, virtual tools and also in terms of engagement. That was one of the issues that could cause uh, learning losses. So it doesn't sound like there's really a, a solid plan already in place to help these kids catch up. Um, 
there is there there are some uh, introduction of for example increasing investment in education across the provinces they try to increase investment they try to provide some sort of uh, tutoring session not not equally across the provinces and not to um, not, and not equally to the same extent but some provinces have already taken action but the problem is that some of these actions and some of increased investment in uh, education, they are not well targeted. We know, for example, some students need more supports than others. And also we know that uh, virtual learnings uh, are not effective as in-person learnings. For example, when we look at the uh, province's action in terms of providing uh, uh, supports to students, one of the plan is to provide e-tutoring so that could uh, also be an issue for some students and also in terms of effectiveness is going to be questionable now you're speaking to a member of generation x you know we came out of post-secondary education right into a recession millennials depending on their age have already suffered two of them i suppose we have plenty of historical evidence of the impact recessions have on new labor market entrants early in their careers Absolutely. In general, unemployment affects individuals' uh, future earnings and also uh, the possibility of uh, um, become employed or even chance of unemployment, it's going to affect that. And uh, we know for the fact from past recessions that these uh, persistent long-term impacts are larger for new graduates and uh, new, um, new entrants to the labor market, young individuals, and especially it's large during the recession because it takes time for the economy and labor market to recover and to be able to uh, mitigate the long-term impact, individuals need to change their job more quickly and find and move to uh, employment uh, uh, that they provide higher quality in terms of earnings and high qual uh, quality jobs. But during the recession, uh, there are opportunities, employment opportunities are limited. And during the recovery also, because it, it happens slowly for the labor market to recover, it takes time for individuals to be to be able to shift from one low quality job to another job and that's why some uh, individuals young individuals during the recession they experience scarring effects that it's going to affect their lifetime earnings and also employment opportunities in the future can we quantify the impact like when uh, an economy comes out of recession What's the lag time between the economy as a whole coming out of the recession and a jobs market coming out of recession? It really depends, uh, really depends on the type of recession. For example, the uh, COVID crisis was uh, a unique one in many ways. Not only it affected, for example, uh, individuals' uh, labor market life, you know, in terms of the labor market impacts, it also affected all aspects of our life. And the impact was really severe. The COVID, the pandemic was uh, the deepest, uh, we experienced the deepest, uh, deepest recession. But at the same time, the recovery was quick because um, um, we were able, because it wasn't uh, natural. It was, uh, uh, the recession was induced by the governments. They have to control uh, the spread of the virus. So the re recovery was really quick, but it wasn't like that in pre uh, previous recession. For example, it lasted many years for young individuals uh, 
um, hardly they could return to uh, pre-pandemic um, labor market levels in terms of, for example, employment and unemployment rate. So it really depends on the type of the pandemic. There is no specific number around that. But what I can tell you is that the uh, crisis we had related to the pandemic was the deepest, but also the shortest um, uh, it was the deepest and shortest recession, and we saw the quick recovery, which is good, actually. This is promising in terms of a scarring effect. Meantime, hasn't government already taken some steps to support youth recovery? They did, actually, not only provinces in terms of addressing educational uh, gaps. Uh, I'm not talking about the effectiveness, but they've taken actions. But also the federal government, uh, in their... Uh, um, recovery plan. They try. They introduce option in terms of creating job opportunities, high quality job opportunities, short term, but still, it's going to help individuals to gain um, experience they need uh, to be able to transition um, to to be able to find better jobs and also work integrated learning opportunities, which we know they are really beneficial for individuals in terms of uh, giving them better um, options to be able to. To find better employment after graduations and also the uh, government plan to basically modernize the agreement with provinces to provide training you know to assist uh, uh, workers and uh, employers to provide training to young individuals to prevent unemployment but these are plans you know we uh, during the recession we need to address challenges we need to prevent uh, unemployment as much as possible and as quickly possible because unemployment is going to have long-term impact, not only the duration of unemployment, but also frequency of un uh, unemployment is going to affect future outcomes for individuals. So preserving jobs and uh, uh, reducing unemployment frequency and duration would be the uh, should be the target uh, goal for um, pro uh, for governments when crisis happen and also during the recovery they have to address that so you recommend further action including expanding employment services to reduce unemployment duration and recurrence what should that look like in term, the reason is that for uh, adding that recommendation to my paper is that there are some groups of youth that are experiencing high unemployment, even in this tight labor market. You know, we know we are facing uh, shortages in terms of high job vacancies, and we know unemployment rate is quite low. But when we look at pockets of youth, there are some youths that are experiencing in this labor market very high unemployment rate. There are several reasons for that. They are uh, either they are located uh, in uh, areas that jobs are not available, but we are seeing high job vacancy across all the sectors and everywhere. So the, this could also relate to their lack of knowledge about the opportunities. They don't know how to apply. They don't know how to get connected to employers. And uh, it could be also some um, skills problem. So these counseling and these type of supports would be beneficial, especially if they are targeted uh, to those individuals uh, have difficulties finding employment in this current situation, would support individuals to reduce unemployment rate for them. So how do we enhance labor market flexibility and mobility to reduce mismatches for that first job? 
So when individuals are not uh, um, located in um, where the jobs are available, or they are not a either they are not able to re relocate, or there are some restrictions, you know, moving from one province to another province. If they have a specific qualification that uh, acts as a barrier for them to move uh, in other region, on, in another area that jobs are available, it's going to um, it's it's going to play as a barrier for those individuals to be able to find employment. So increasing labor. Market mobility and uh, addressing uh, that is going to help mismatches because now individuals with the right skills are able to get connected to the jobs that require those type of skills and education. But of course, it's going to be helpful for younger youth who are not in a school or um, because younger uh, kids, they are attached to their families or the schools uh, they are attending. So, but for um, youth not uh, are not in a school, this type of policy is going to be very helpful uh, for them. And we know for the fact youths uh, who are not in a school and um, some with low education, they experience higher unemployment rate. So you also recommend governments encourage participation in and support for opportunities in education and address barriers to participation for non-student youth. What should that look like? In general, low-educated individuals, they experience higher unemployment rate. And when we look at low-educated individuals, youth compared to older adults, again, youth experience higher unemployment rate. So. For those individuals not in a school, not in uh, employment, it, there is also risk of losing uh, uh, existing skills they had, you know, in terms of uh, uh, there will be a process of skills erosion. Erosion. So to be able to support those uh, youth without job and not in education, to be able to get them connected to employ uh, employers and to be make them able to find employment, we have to also connect them to education, to be able to train, to be able to gain some skills that uh, is been, uh, that uh, employers are looking for, to make them able to find employment. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to find any job and remain unemployed. And eventually, they are going to exit the labor market. Now, your final suggestion is then one that will make every elementary school kid grown. More summer school? Currently, because, you know, last two years, education wasn't really... Uh, something serious for many students. So more summer school today would be beneficial for them to generate better outcomes for them and also for their uh, society. So even if it's not going to be summer school after or before, you know, in the September, when uh, kids go back to school, uh, to school, so before and after uh, a school tutoring session would be beneficial for them. Now, if there was one takeaway you'd want someone joining us today to understand, what would it be? So the most important thing is that currently there are some individuals, uh, young individuals who are disadvantaged, um, like uh, low-educated uh, low uh, youth, and also some groups of youth like uh, those uh, with uh, um, some ethnicity and uh, some uh, race background, they experience high unemployment rate. They need 
they need targeted support. At the same time, we are having students from uh, this, uh, with disadvantaged background and uh, low social uh, economic status, they also experience high uh, learning losses. They also need a specific support. They need support more than other students. So targeted supports in terms of um, learning and also in terms of employment um, assistant and uh, employment uh, labor market policies would be beneficial for these individuals and also help them to contribute to the labor market uh, right now or in the near future. Riza, thank you for your time and insight today. Thank you for having me. Riza Mabubi is a senior policy analyst with the C.D. Howe Institute. Still to come from the C.D. Howe, Michael D. Bordo, the Board of Governors Professor of Economics and Director of the Center for Monetary and Financial History at Rutgers University. That's September 15th. And October 26th, the Great Rebalancing Act, a roundtable luncheon with the chief investment officers of the CPPIB, Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, and the CDPQ. For details on these events and more, visit cdhow.org. I'm Michael Hainsworth. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the C.D. Howe Institute podcast with Michael Hainsworth. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. The C.D. Howe Institute is an independent, not-for-profit research institute whose mission is to raise living standards by fostering economically sound public policies. The Institute is widely considered to be Canada's most influential think tank and a trusted source of essential policy intelligence, distinguished by nonpartisan, evidence-based research and subject to definitive expert review. Visit cdhow.org and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you.